Imagine if each morning when you wake up, you're smiling and looking forward to your day, knowing you are happy even while you're dealing with grief and loss. The Grief and Happiness Podcasts inspires, comforts, and supports you with each new episode. I'm Emily Zerothret, welcoming you to explore with me your life of endless possibilities. Aloha. I am so excited about this podcast today that I'm doing with Jane Asher, who's the author of The Next Room. There's just something about Jane that I clicked the first time we spoke, and I felt when I was reading her book that I was hearing it in her voice that she was reading to me. And that was so special to have that. And her book is so special. I think everybody should read it. It just was wonderful. So Jane, could you kind of introduce yourself to us and tell us about you? Thank you for offering to have me on your show. And I feel the same. Like, I feel like the minute I met you, I'm like, I've known Emily for a long time. So it's probably been several lifetimes that we've had this connection. (laughs) Let's see, I'll just try to make it short and sweet. I'm a radio person. I have been most of my life ever since I graduated from broadcasting school, you know, rock and roll DJ kind of girl. And through the course of of everything that I went through and uh, deep grief over losing or saying goodbye to my mother and my big sister and a good friend and my dad, it kind of brought me full circle to where I was like, am I really living my truth, you know, doing this radio career? And I made a pivot and started a podcast called The Next Room, which is all about death and not in a sad way at all. It's death, it's dying, it's grief, it's afterlife, it's cultural traditions, it's getting your affairs in order, wills and trusts, hospice care. I'll talk about all of it. And then also from the podcast, then kind of got me aligned with writing the book, The Next Room. And that's where I am now. So in a nutshell. Oh, this this book is quite phenomenal to me, and and the book with, you co-wrote with your mother. I did, and she was uh, she had transitioned. How long before you wrote the book? You know, mom left in twenty ten, and I always wanted to write a book but I had no concept of how to do that. I was just a little rock and roll DJ on the radio playing music. And um, after she left, I, you know, for me, writing is soothing. Like I have volumes of journals. I have scraps of paper. I'm always never without a pen um, to the point where my husband is now investing in getting me really good pens with refillable ink. So I've always been writing, writing, writing. And after mom left, I was lost, you know, my best friend had transcended and I didn't know what to do about it. So I picked up my pen and I started writing, uh, writing her love letters, writing her notes, asking her questions. And it was just for me. I did not realize at the time that any of that would end up being the next room book. And so, you know, it was kind of like a big puzzle, Emily. It was like I had pieces that I wrote on my laptop. I had pieces written in journals. I had handwritten notes that she wrote me. And I was sort of, little did I know, collecting all these pieces of the book. 
And I had a chest, I call it my angel box. And it's this big box. It looks like a little hope chest. and It's got angels all over it. And I was just dumping things in there. I was dumping my grief, dumping my love letters, dumping my everything I was thinking about. I was gathering in this box and it was gathering dust because it was sitting in my bedroom on the bottom by my shoes. And nothing really was happening with the book until a major pivot during COVID. I know you've heard this story. So many of us little closet authors came out of our proverbial writing closet and decided to buckle down. And that's exactly what happened. I was busy, you know, with social media and I was doing radio stuff and, you know, busy, 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 but not writing my book, but telling everyone that would listen, oh, I'm writing a book. Well, I wasn't. <laughs> um, and I had a big social media client and they went away because, you know, it's COVID. They fired me and patted me on the head and said, thanks for the last seven years, but we can't afford to pay you now. And I went to my husband. I said, what am I going to do? And he said, you're going to write your flipping book. <laughs> and so that's exactly what I did. I, I sequestered myself in this little studio out in my garage. I just opened up my laptop and I started pouring my heart out and gathering all the various pieces that I had instead of it literally was like a jigsaw puzzle. I would say, oh, oh, that would fit there. And oh, and I have all of the notes from her being in the hospital. And oh, and I have my grief over my sister dying. And oh, I have a letter I wrote to my dad. So I just kept putting it together, but I didn't even really realize what it was and how it was going to manifest until it did. Uh, wild, wild story. I'm still to this day, I I pick it up myself and read it because I need the reminders of the, I keep looking at her, of the wisdom that she imparted through me. So there is so much wisdom in this book. I just, I was reading through it on, on PDF since we, I wanted to read it real quick before we had this meeting or this recording and I've got to get a, a hard copy of it or, you know, paper copy so that I can highlight it because I kept going, I, I want to remember that. And I want to remember that through the whole thing because it's it just, it's wise. I, that wisdom is, is I think probably the best way to um, describe it because it was just one thing after another that said, oh, yeah, that's true. I know that. And it, it just kind of put things in perspective. So I, I really, really love it. I'm very grateful you said that, but I really want to give credit where credit is due. That was not me. I am not a little wise wonder at all. I feel like I'm intuitive and I'm very empathetic and I'm a good friend, and I'm a great mom, and a pretty decent wife, depending on the day, if you ask my husband. <laughs> um, but the wisdom and the nuggets of information that came through were 100% my mother from an elevated perspective that I had no idea that I would be receiving. That started to come in pieces were coming in because of uh, a connection that my dad made. And once that opened up and I realized that I could indeed connect with her, it was frightening, but yet it was exhilarating. And I just had to literally lean in to trust 
And that's what I did. And that's what came out of it. And it's, I, I just love it so much. I love what she shared with me. And I love what she's continuing to share with me because we're actually working on the next volume, which is going to go deeper because we need to, you know, Mm -hmm. there was so much that we didn't touch on because I had to tell the story of how I was able to receive what I received. And I am not psychic. I'm the first one to tell you right now, I am not a medium. I am not a psychic. I'm not doing readings for people. And I've had many, many, many people ask me to, and I will not because that is not why I'm here. I'm not sure why I'm here, but I'm getting lessons all the time. So anyway, Uh, so thank you for that. But that is 100% my mom. I can see that. Because I I heard a totally different voice when I was reading the things that, that she spoke. It was when I'm I'm a writer. I taught writing at the university for my career and I've written college textbooks on writing. So I'm I'm into writing. And one of the things that people have a challenge with is getting voices for the people that they're writing so that you can tell they're different people. They have a they have a different voice, just like you're having a conversation with somebody in the room. Everybody doesn't sound the same. Right. And people tend to write from their voice, from their one perspective. And yours was totally, I heard your mom when your mom was talking and you when you were talking when I read this book. Mm. That's high praise because I know you're a writer. You're a brilliant writer. I love your book. I just had you on my podcast and no lie, I think I had 20 sticky notes in your book um, because there was so many beautiful pieces that I needed to remember because boy, we're all grieving, right? We're all grieving Mm -hmm. something. And I have, you know, among my friends have become the go-to gal like, hey, you know, I need your help. And, And now I have your book to be able to point to, you know, which is really something I'm going to recommend on my page and in my social media too, because uh, your book is going to help just volumes of individuals be able to work through their grief. It's really important, the work that you're doing. So I'm really grateful. Oh, thank you so much. I guess we've got a mutual appreciation society going here today. <laughs> yes, we do. Nothing wrong with that, right? We need no. to support one another. One of the things that I do, I, I facilitate the Grief and Happiness Alliance um, gatherings every week on Zoom where people can come and we'll write things together and then talk about what we wrote and learn a happiness practice. And it's a real positive thing. It's a good thing there. And I've been doing that. That was how I started dealing with my grief after I had two husbands die and after the second one died and I had just moved to Hawaii two years before and didn't really know a whole lot of people or have a lot of connections here. And I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. So I started writing and I thought, what the kind of writing that I'm doing just for myself, not to be published or anything, just for my own comfort, I could see how that could help people who were grieving. So I started inviting people over to my house and we had a great group where we were doing that. And since then I've taken it online and now we have this actual grief and happiness alliance where we do that all the time. And when I'm doing these things, one of their very favorite things to write is when I ask them to write a letter to their loved one 
And then I don't tell them ahead of time, this is going to happen, but I, I have them write a letter to their loved one. And when they're finished, I have them write a letter back to them from their loved one. Mm. And they, they that's their favorite assignment. They absolutely love that. And after I read your book, or actually while I was reading your book, I was inspired to do this. I write in my journal every morning. That's just my practice, what I do. I had a girl. And I, I started writing kind of the way you wrote in your book with a conversation with your mm-hmm. mom. So it wasn't like a letter and then a letter back, but it's, it was, you know, sentence by sentence or paragraph by paragraph. And I started writing, I've, I've written as just in the last two days, I've written to, to both my husbands who died and it was profound to have, a, it was very conversational with one husband and the other husband, it was more me writing all the things that I, I needed to tell him because we, we didn't talk as much about the things that, that, I wish we would have. And so I was telling him all those things where with the other husband, it was very conversational and it was so cool. So, and, the, and you inspired me to do that. And I, I just love it. I can't wait to share it with my people that come to my uh, I love it. Grief and it's Happiness awesome. Alliance. You know what, Emily, it sounds like another book. I mean, I love that. Thank you for sharing that with me. Uh, it is profound. You know, I mean, we're all teachers. And mm-hmm. we're all learning as we go. We're all students at one point, and then sometimes the student becomes the teacher, and and so that's a beautiful way to do that. I I'm sitting here thinking because I was going to write a, a short little addendum to the next room because everybody says, "How did you do it? How did you do it? How did you connect?" And simply just that, just what mm-hmm. you just explained, is exactly how I was able to do what I did. It's really about getting quiet and asking and having clear, concise communication, which is really important. I wrote that down before I came on the show today. It's like, I am clear, I am concise, I am communication. That way, you know, if you send that out prior to having a conversation with someone like yourself on a podcast, you will become that. You know, that is your your prayer, your mantra, your gift. Um, so it's very important. I love that. Good for you for doing that. Oh, thank you. I, I'm fun. just, I'm I'm really excited about it. I just feel like I'm on the tip of the exploration with doing this. And I'm, I just am going to go full bore into doing this for a while because it's, it's really cool. And Good. A lot of things, too, um, I'm sure that this is, has happened when, with uh, you. I'm. I find that I stay if I stay open to things, then I hear them or see them or experience them. I can give you an example from this weekend. A friend of mine was having a, a big event to celebrate this amazing accomplishment that she had, and she invited some people to sing, and they were fabulous. It was supposed to be like a gospel brunch, and they they were it was two women. And they were supposed to be doing all the songs and they were supposed to be gospel and a lot of them were, but they did some other stuff too. And they got to about the middle of it. And the singer who is a friend of mine and I love her dearly said to my friend that we were celebrating that day, there's this Stevie Wonder song that I always wanted to sing for you. And so we're, we're going to do it for you today. Well, my song was wrong. Our song was As by Stevie Wonder. And it, it just 
he heard it one day and couldn't wait till I got home to tell me that I found our song. And ever since then, we've, you know, it keeps coming up at different times that are just perfect. So, and my friend knew that she was a good friend of my husband's too. And she, the, the one that the party was for, and she reached over to me and she said, if she sings as, we'll know that Ron's here. <laughs> and she sang as. <laughs> Hi, Ron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it you're right so about special. that. Well, it, it's a very good point that you're bringing up. Um, I always tell individuals because they're like, well, how do you connect? How do you connect? Um, you need to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our loved ones that are in the next room, they're not here to interfere or interrupt or, you know, to kind of like creep over top of us at all. They're literally here to help guide us. And if we ask, once we ask, we also need to be open to see. And then once we see and we do receive the sign, we need to believe that it is a sign. Because so many people want to get so logical and coincidence and, oh, that, oh, that's just a hummingbird. No, no. When a hummingbird literally flies up right here and goes, they're having a conversation. That is one of my loved ones um, coming in to like, let me know that they're having a conversation with me. You know, dreams and nature is a great one to reach out and music, uh, technology. I can give you so many instances with my dad, who is an electrician and also a huge music guy, like such a big music guy. When I was out here writing dad's chapter, because dad lived for almost eight years after my mother transcended, and dad leaves the planet. He knew I was writing the book. He didn't quite get it, but he was like, okay, good for you, Jane. Dad dies, tender age of 91, stuck the landing, had a brilliant, beautiful, healthy life right up until he did not. And uh, I was so distraught, and I sobbing. But through my tears, I'm writing, right? I'm writing my dad a love letter. The day he died, I'm like, you left. I'm lost. You know, I'm just pouring my heart out to him. So then the next day I came out in the studio and I thought, okay, I've got my chapter. I've got this love letter to dad, this chapter for my dad, and I need to include it in the next room. And I was out here and I always listen to the same soundtrack when I'm writing. Ludovico Iannotti, he's an Italian pianist, composer, brilliant, beautiful, classical, high-end music that just takes me away. And that has been my writing soundtrack the entire time I was writing the book. That's what I would listen to. It was almost like it helped me elevate and get into a, a the next realm. So I'm listening to Ludovico. I'm out here. I'm writing dad's chapter. I'm sobbing as I'm writing it because I got to transfer it from my journal onto my laptop, onto Word. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm crying and I'm writing it. And right at the moment that I'm sobbing, my music switched from Ludovico Iannotti classical piano music to Anchors Away. Oh. My, I'm, kid you not, I started laughing through my tears. I'm crying. I'm laughing. I'm like, oh, my God, Dad, you are such a stinker. <laughs> he was a World War II Navy guy. 
You know, he was on the freaking wow. bay when when a kamikaze airplane crashed into it. I mean, he and he was a joker and a music guy. I'm screaming. I'm out here. I'm screaming for my husband because I'm like, he needs to hear this because no one is going to believe me. I'm like, Tom, 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 come on out. Tom comes out. He's like, what? And I he opens the door because it's out in the garage. This little door goes into the kitchen. I open the door and I go, listen. And he goes, oh, my God, it's your dad. And I said, <laughs> yes, I was listening to my soundtrack. So, you know, that's his way. Um, and cause he's got a great sense of humor too. Um, I, and I mean, it was just like that. He got me, you know, cause he, he didn't always, not that he didn't appreciate my sensitive side, but you know, he was a big strapping lad, Navy guy, uh, no filter since he was sensitive, but he didn't always understand how sensitive his baby girl was, you know, I'm the baby of six. I cry, at commercials. I watch the sappy Hallmark Christmas movies and sob. Um, I'm welling up now thinking about my dad. And he would always tease me and in a very playful way. But, you know, he would say, oh, you're so sensitive. You know, you do. You're crying again. And that was him um, doing that to snap me out of my funk uh, to make me laugh. So, so those little stories of connection that happened after I wrote this book um, will be in the next room too, because that's just one little instance. I have had hundreds of things that have happened that are like hair on your arms, stand up to where I just like, mom or Lenny, are you here? Or Budge, you know, it's interesting. I think once we literally open up and receive from our loved ones in the next room and really trust that they really are right there. They're just, you know, our pea brains can't see them, but they're here. This room is packed right now. Every time I do a show and I'm able to talk about communicating with those in the next room, everybody shows up. I welcome them. I ask them to join me. Um, because I know that if I'm supposed to say something that will resonate with someone, they will help me find the right words to express myself properly so I don't sound like a crazy woman. <laughs> and I probably do. But here's the great part, Emily. Doesn't matter. It's me. You know, yeah. not everybody is going to get me, and, and I'm okay with that. I'm 100% okay with the ones that do get me are supposed to get me. And the ones that don't, say la vie. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. I, I just, I'm so excited about this conversation because <laughs> I keep thinking, oh, I got to remember that and write that down. Because uh, there, there's so much here. And a lot of that it just came through in your book so beautifully. And you. your writing style and... The content was just amazing, absolutely amazing. And I'm, I just much. am very grateful for the opportunity to read your book. Oh, that's great. And you had mentioned, I'll send you a copy. I have I have a ton of them. I mean, you know, I just bought a bunch of author copies. And, and my thing is, like, if somebody wants it, like if anybody's watching this and they want a free digital copy, I will send it to anyone that emails me at the next room with Jane at Gmail. Just email me, say that you saw Emily talk to me about the next room and you'd like a copy. I'll send you, it's got all the artwork, it has everything in it, it's just digital. 
Um, I'm happy to gift that to anyone that would like a free copy because I know, you know, not everybody wants to spend, I think that's 15 bucks on Amazon. It's 20 through me because I send them out and um, I also autograph them, but I'm happy to send you a, a hard copy as well. Oh, so yay. don't you? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, because it is one of those books where, uh, you know, here I am two years later and, and before we got on the call, I was like, okay, mom. You know, what is it that you want me to share? And may I read something? Sure, please. Okay. This is what she wanted me to share. So here it is for you YouTube people. All right. This is page 128. So, um, you know, I was struggling a lot. You know, COVID, the planet was, you know, burning up. Australia was on fire divisiveness with politics. It was getting ugly. Families are yelling at each other. Everybody on Facebook is arguing. I'm like, oh, I was just so mired down into this heaviness and like, what can I do? And I love this. <sighs> she said, it's all about allowing the light in. Darkness is easier sometimes. It takes effort to be angry to point fingers, to place blame. You may gain temporary comfort, but it's actually creating inner conflict. Your soul knows the way to peace, and the only way out of the darkness is through the light. Oh, wow. That's, wow. <laughs> oh, I know, right? And I, and in, <sighs> after she said that to me, I was like, oh. <gasps> I mean, I'm goosing right now. I'm like, oh, mama, that's so good. That is so good. It's exactly what I needed to hear because, you know, we all have that, that somebody will say something and we'll have that trigger and we'll want to, you know, hop on there and tell them the what for, you know, you don't, you shouldn't be thinking like that or you need to. And um, it takes superhuman strength to stay in a space of peace. And it's not about sticking our head in the sand. It is about being aware that there is and are troubles all over the planet. However, the only way that we're going to shift anything is through love. Um, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. said it best. You know, love is what's going to chase out hate. Um, I'm paraphrasing, obviously. Mm -hmm. But um, it's so very true. And that's where I choose to live. I have to live in that space because every day when I get up, I'm just so grateful that I'm here and and that I'm going to express myself as clearly and concisely as possible in a space of peace so that I can shine a light, help other people find their way to the peace. You know, Let, let's do this. We can We can be a peace tribe, can we not? Oh, yes, we can. And yes, we should not should and not crazy about the word should. Yes, I know we are doing that. Yes, I like that. My friend, the grave woman, who's just brilliant. I need to introduce you to Joelle. You'll love her. Oh, my goodness. What a bright, shiny light. She'll say, stop shouldn't on me. And I think that is so funny when people say you should. <laughs> I love that. So I have to give her credit for that. 
Yeah, I'm, I thought I'd kind of, kind of eliminated it from the vocabulary, but every once in a while it sneaks in like that. But I'm catching well, myself sure. now if I say oh, it. No. Well, see, and that's growth. You know, that's mm-hmm. what all of us catching ourselves. Words are so impactful and powerful and how we choose to use those words. You know, I'm Tom and I talk about it all the time. We sit in the morning and we do this meditative thing together and we read passages and he'll say, oh, I have something to read for you, you know, for you. And I'll read him things and we share those kind of things. That's how we start our day so that we start in a space of um, peacefulness. And we're constantly trying to elevate one another and catch one another when someone says, and it's really simple little things. Like my friend Joe will say, you know how you just will say, I can't stand it. I can't stand it. And she'll look at me and she'll go, yes, you can. You can stand. You know, I mean, it's just a minor switch, but sometimes there are things that we say over and over and over that are negatively based. And we can bring about weird things in our life by focusing and expanding on that. You know, whatever you focus on expands. That's an old Arnold Patton, you know, and I've always lived by that rule. And it's so important. A lot of times it seems like we're just wasting a lot of our lives. Mm. It's uh, as I pay attention to what I say, and how I interpret what I hear, it makes such a profound difference in my life. Because I wasn't always this way, you know? Things would just go on around me, and I'd say things that weren't helpful. <laughs> so yeah. I try to be yeah. conscious and, and mindful of, mm. of what I do and say now. And I just yeah. feel so much better. Yeah. You know, I think it's it's interesting. If it is going to help someone and elevate them, and it's done with kindness, then yes, by all means, use your words and choose them carefully to accelerate someone on their life journey. If what you're about to say is going to cause any harm whatsoever, it's not necessary to share it. Mm -hmm. And that's how you, you know, literally, so many times in your life, people just go off and they just want to tell you the way it is. And, oh, here, let me give you my advice. Well, opinions are like you know what, and we all have one. So I'll keep it clean for your podcast, but that's one, <laughs> it's one of my favorites, you know. And um, and is that your truth? It's my truth. My truth is different than Emily's truth, and your truth is different than your best friend's truth. And no two people can grasp this life experience the same way. There is just no possible way for anyone to know what's going on inside of you except you. And you sometimes don't even know what's going on inside of you unless you're willing to get up and out and then look down and go, boy, that wasn't very nice, Jane. You need to go apologize for those harsh words that you just said to your husband. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, we're all on a we're all on this path, right? I just I just want to have as much fun and and spread as much joy and light and love as possible. That's really, really why I'm here. And I don't always succeed at it. Sometimes I'm a pain in the ass, but working on it. I I found after Ron died and I was I was actually searching for my purpose because I'd known my life. uh, I've done a lot of things in my life and I've loved all of them. And I always felt like I knew 
what direction I was going. And after he died, it's like, okay, now what? Mm-hmm. And so I, I wrote a lot about it and was searching with that. And what I finally came down with was a, a statement that was that I wanted to provide comfort, support, love, and happiness to others. Mm-hmm. And once I, I got focused on that and I whatever I do, I say, does it fit, does it fit in my mission statement here? And if it doesn't, then I choose to do something else. Wow, I love that. Comfort, support, and happiness to others. Uh, yeah, comfort, support, love, and happiness. I love un- that. Unconditional and, love, I think, is so important. Yeah, And isn't that exactly what you're doing? I mean, you have this grief and happiness network. You have a nonprofit. Um, you know, you're doing your podcasts. You're writing books. You're in that space. And Good for you. You know, a mission statement, that's a great starting point for a lot of people, you know, just for general, just for mm-hmm. life. What is your mission in life? You know, why are you here? What is your soul's purpose? And some people will say, well, I don't know. I think we do. I think maybe we just aren't willing to take a look at it, you know, and and it can be as simplistic as being kind, mm-hmm. you know, or being in service of others. And boy, a smile can bring just so much happiness to people. I always think that way with the elderly. And, mm-hmm. and I'm 62. I'm I'm not too far off that. But I'm hoping that people are kind and lovely to me when I'm 82. You know, I really hope in 20 years that, that um, some young woman or young man wants to be kind and open the door or, or have a chat with me if I'm sitting having a cup of coffee. And sit down with me and, and you know, want to know my story. Boy, we all could learn so much from those that have traveled a few more years than we have. There's so much wisdom with, with age. Mm-hmm. There is. And it's so mm-hmm. wonderful to find a way to share it. I'm, I'm so yeah. excited when somebody takes something that I've suggested and turns it into something that's profound for them. I just think yeah. that's fabulous. Like like writing your own mission statement. What is it that, that you really feel like your purpose is instead yeah. of just floating and going from a nine to five job or whatever yeah. it is that you do. You not go. that there's anything wrong with that, but but why are you doing that particular job? Well, and why why sleepwalk through this rich, amazing experience? This is the only portion of this program, right? So this particular life that we're experiencing right now is, in my estimation and what I've been shown, is just simply a chapter, mm-hmm. right? But it's a cool chapter. It's one with rich texture and great taste and smells and sights and feelings. And there's just a lot of gooey good stuff going on. So why sleepwalk through it? You know, why not get your groove on and figure it out? Figure out what is it? Do I have a song I need to write? Do I want to learn how to play guitar? Do I want to write a book? How about a play? Do you want to learn how to play an instrument? Um, whatever it is that you're that makes your heart kind of speed up a little bit, do it. I mean, just go for it. Go to the store today and grab some paints and just come home. That's been on my mind lately. I'm like, I think I want to paint. Um, you know, when I was a kid, I was really creative and and um, you know, created a lot of fun art. And uh, I've been thinking about that lately. I thought, you know, I think I'm gonna go ahead and paint. So I'm going to challenge myself to do that. 
So there you go. That's oh. my that's my new that's my new gig. Why that's not? So good. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, that's that's actually one of the things that that I did. Um, I actually started with a friend who was also a recent widow, and we both said, "Well, we want to learn how to paint." This I I painted sets. I was a big theater person. You know, I could design sets and do those big paintings like that. But I hadn't really done that much, just smaller stuff. And so we started getting together and finding something on YouTube and following the directions on YouTube on what kind of paint to use and how to, you know, use this brush or that sort of thing. So it was a, it was an introduction to me. And now we have some neat art classes at a couple of different art centers here in Maui. And I'm actually going to two different ones, one on Saturday and one on Sunday, because <laughs> wow. I just love being around the, the people that are there. Wow. Wow, that's wild. I did not know that about you. So grabbing that art out of the thin air and then hearing that you're involved in that, now I'm really like I'm my mind is starting to twirl now because I don't know anything about what kind of art or what, you know, I'll just I don't know, I'll go to my local Michaels and just wander and something'll speak to me and I'll figure it out. So then, yeah. And just on, on YouTube, go on and, and yeah. like I wanted my my friend that had the celebration this weekend, I wanted to paint a card for her and I wanted to put a flower on it. And mm. so I just looked on YouTube for how to paint flowers. And <laughs> my flower looked like I was a professional painter because I just was and it, it didn't look like the one that was in the directions, but it, it looked That's exactly great. like. It, it was beautiful and it That's felt awesome. so good to do that. And if I don't do any more than give friends cards with something I painted on, on the front, and I've done that with my Christmas cards every year that. for about the last five years, it's all create wow. a, something that is uh, indicative of the season and put that, make all my cards myself and, and put that on the front. And I, it's Love just, that. it's a wonderful thing to do. And it's, it's, it's a shifting gears. Because if you spend all your time thinking about your grief or what you're going to do about it, or you can just get swallowed up in it. Oh, Where yeah. if you can just, it's like taking a breath to, to do something different. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You're inspiring me. Oh, it's good. so true. <laughs> we can really get mired in our grief. And and it's not to say you just can't chase it away. Mm -hmm. um, we're not diminishing how anyone is feeling at all. I always, I have a good friend whose mother just crossed and and she was pretty old and had lost all of her faculties and was just in a home and had no quality of life left. But my friend Rose is still grieving very deeply at losing her mother at the tender age of 96. And she had a bad day yesterday. It's only been a few months. And, and I just said, got to feel all the feels. There is no way to take a magic wand and and just get through it. You mm -hmm. have to feel it and everyone grieves differently. Some people are going to grieve heavily forever and ever, some pivot quicker. Um, and we shouldn't judge anybody about how they deal with their grief. You know, I was a train wreck for the first year. I don't even remember the first year. Literally don't remember anything about it. Could not tell you 20... 2011, I don't remember if I went to my, I'm sure I went to my kids' basketball games and I'm sure I cooked dinner and I'm sure I hugged them in the morning and made breakfast, but I don't remember anything about that year. So that's okay too. You know, that grief fog that we all have, 
Grief is interesting. It's really interesting. It really is. You got to feel it. I always think it's completely tied to how much love we've been blessed to experience, you know, how deeply we we feel. Because I still grieve. I, I grieve my mom. I was just, for some reason the other day, I was just really feeling her. And and then, of course, my goofy dad and my big sister. And I miss them all, you know. Of course, I talk to all of them all the time. So they're like, oh, Jane could just stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I know uh, my dad died a long time ago. I think I was in my early forties and he was, he was a veteran too, World War II. And he was very active in veterans services. And so for, since Veterans Day was coming up, I did a little short uh, podcast about it because I I do a, every week I post a podcast that's an interview with someone. And then I post a little short one about something that's maybe five minutes long and I had it all written down and I swear I had to record it like six times because I couldn't stop crying through it 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 was that many years ago but it's it still came up and it once I finally got it recorded and I was I'm able to get it online I thought I'm I'm really glad I did this I think Mm -hmm. I really needed to do that yeah you definitely did you worked through something there you know it's almost like sometimes it feels like, you know, grief is like a little thorn, right? And mm-hmm. and we have them and some are embedded deeper than others. And then one will push to the surface and we have to pull it out and we have to look at it and examine it and then just go, oh, wow, that's interesting that that song brought that up or in your case, writing this piece for your dad and he's been gone a long time. But it doesn't change the fact that you miss him and you love him and, you know, you paid tribute to him uh, for Veterans Day. So, yeah, interesting. You learn every time you have a conversation, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. And and paying attention really helps, you know. Mm-hmm. A lot has come out of this conversation between the two of us today. And I'm sure that our listeners are thinking about lots of different things. And I would encourage our listeners to get out your journal or <clears throat> get someplace that you can write things down right now about how you're feeling and what you're thinking right now and what this has inspired you about, because I'm sure it has. So take advantage of that. It's it's quite a wonderful thing. And I'm so glad. I hate to stop talking to you, but because I could go on together or not together forever, because I just we've got a lot in common, and and I like the positivity that we're sharing here. It's just pretty beautiful. But yeah. uh, I just I thank you for coming and being on this podcast today. I I just know that people are going to love listening to it, and I love getting to know you better. And I'm sure we'll be connecting more in the future. Absolutely. To be continued. Thank you, Emily. It's really been an absolute pleasure for me. Thank you for having me on and for being willing to just let me speak my piece. I really do appreciate it. Well, thank you. And to to our listeners, I hope you'll be back or I know you'll be back next time (laughs) because we've got lots more things to share with you. And I'm, I'm so happy that you come and listen to us. So have a good week and I'll see you next week. Do you want more comfort, support, and happiness? Join the Grief and Happiness Alliance. Visit my website at lovingandlivingyourwaythroughgrief.com and read my book, Loving and Living Your Way Through Grief. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, rate it, review it, 
and binge on all our episodes on grief and happiness. I can't wait to welcome you back to another episode.